0: Good evening, everyone. Happy Ecclesiastical New Year. Father Peter and I are very happy to be with you tonight, to come into your homes and your offices, wherever you are watching from, and trying with our communications committee to do more things to be able to be together, to connect, and this like an opportune time to discuss something that has been very well known for many, many years in the church and culturally in places like Constantinople in the Byzantine era and the Byzantine Empire, but perhaps not something so well known today. We are going to obviously take some time to see to give people an opportunity to come on. I am going to use my little technological device here to see how it looks and to see who's joining. And slowly but surely, we will have a wonderful talk together. Looks like we have about 20 of us here together so far. Um, I wonder uh, how many people are aware that New Year in the church was actually not January 1st but on September 1st polling people uh, the last few weeks like most people had uh, either a very very vague idea they had heard of it but not quite sure or they thought that we were playing a joke on them, trying to confuse them. Uh, Father Peter, do you think most people know? I don't think so. I think that it's, it was kind of a surprise when we brought it up to the people. Yes. So we'll we'll talk about this. There's a there's an interesting name for uh, first of the year. Obviously, most people say that it's the uh, the church New Year or the ecclesiastical New Year, but it's also known as the indictus. And indictus is a Roman term uh, meaning order comes. There's two different historical beliefs, one that it came from St. Constantine the Great, another that it came from Caesar Augustus. Either way, it had to do with the Roman army. And the Roman army, your term as a Roman soldier, spanned 15 years. And every 15 years, there was a new order. They would assess the expenses, the needs of the empire. They would assess the land, and they would give you a new tax, and you had 15 years to pay your tax. It's a, not much unlike different terms, but not much unlike the system that we have so many years later with, with taxes, with property tax. And on September 1st, this, uh, this has been related, this order, the name given to this order for the new year, Celebrated in the church. Uh, It's a feast day. It's a wonderful feast day. Why September?
1: Why September? Well, the way I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Father Crisante, is that two uh, important events uh, take place uh, in August and in September. We end the Feast Day of the uh, Dormition of the Theotokos on the 15th of August, which is the end of the uh, ecclesiastical year. And we begin the new year, the 8th of September. So September is an important month because of the start of the birth of the Theotokos.
0: That's right. So in the, um, on, on the church calendar... The church has very intentionally taken a very main figure in the church. So after Christ, the Panagia, the Theotokos, is obviously a a main character, a, a very important figure for us, and it's not a coincidence that the church year, which ends on August 31st, the last major feast is the Dormition, the Falling Asleep of the Virgin Mary, and the first major feast of the new year is September 8th, as the church year begins. September 8th, which we commemorate and we celebrate the birth of Panagia, the birth of the Mother of God. September was also significant for another reason. In September, even if you think of um, families in Greece, if you have relatives in Greece, if you ever visited um, after Panagias, it seems that after Panagias, it's the the last of the great uh, celebrations for the summer. at the beginning of September, there's a very, very distinct change. People begin to get ready for the school year, everybody goes back to work after their vacations. But if you ever spend time in the villages, you know that at the end of the summer, at the end of August, the beginning of September, it's also the end of most of the harvest. The figs are gathered, most of the last uh, really good vegetables are gathered, and the farmers <laughs> gather their crops and will begin to plant uh, for the following season. So September 1st is kind of, uh, at least agriculturally, it marks an end and a beginning. And for the church, this this was an important thing to commemorate. In fact, we pray on September 1st for a good year, for weather, uh, for crops, for sustenance, for food, and as you know, is important for us. We pray for this in our liturgy. Father Peter mentioned the calendar, and the calendar is an important thing because our calendar in the church does not begin on January 1st, but as we said, on September. And it begins with the great feast of Panagia, of the birth of Panagia, the birth of the Virgin Mary. And then a few days later, six days later, the feast of the cross pointing us forward towards Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. And it's important to note that these feast days, we have some days that are, that are immovable, so we have Saint feast days like September 14th, feast day of the exaltation of the cross, or September 8th, the birth of the Panagia. These saints, these feast days are the same every year. But we also have, immo- we have movable feast days. Feast days that are connected to Pascha, like uh, the date of Pascha itself, and all the dates that are connected to Pascha, like Pentecost and, Asc- and Ascension, and the Triodion, which move each year depending on the date of Pascha. So these feast days, both the movable and immovable feast days, for Orthodox Christians, they're not simply historical events. So it's, it's not like we commemorate the 4th of July, which is a wonderful day and a wonderful celebration and we remember what happened on the 4th of July, and we try to learn from it every year and celebrate it. In the church, these peace are more than that. For us, it's an opportunity to live within this church cycle, and for us to enter communion with the church and communion with Christ by participating in the environment well, the Ecumenical Patriarch, our Ecumenical Patriarch, Patriarch Bartholomew, each year puts a focus on the environment, specifically for the purpose that we mentioned that this feast had a lot to do with the environment, with agriculture, and with the world, and caring for the world so that we may be sustained by the world physically, and nurtured by it. So this feast has been celebrated. Each year there's a great celebration at the Ecumenical Patriarchate. Where hierarchs and priests and lay people come and gather together and they celebrate and they pray for the upcoming year. This year, I think we can all agree, Father Peter, we could all use some word. Yes. I think uh, it's important to note that there is another aspect of this event, of this feast. So not only is it a feast that commemorates the beginning of the church year. But if one ever sees an icon of this feast, it also, the icon has very little to do with what we've talked about so far. September 1st also was, had an, another meaning in the church, and that was most of us have heard of Christ going into the wilderness for 40 days in the desert and being tempted, and he comes back strong, and he enters the temple in the place where he grew up in Nazareth, and he's given a scroll, and the scroll is from the book of Isaiah, and it's a prophetic reading, one that Christ read that day, that had to do with the Spirit of the Lord coming upon the anointed one. And in this case, it was prophetic because he who had received the Spirit of the Lord, the anointed one of God, Christ himself, was the one that was reading the people in the place of his birth, it kind of signals a beginning, a beginning of Christ's earthly ministry and his teaching in the synagogue. And of course, we know that that leads to his arrest and betrayal, his betrayal and arrest, rather, and the crucifixion and the resurrection which will change the world forever. And this is why on September 1st, each year we have a celebration, a liturgy, a yasmos, and we wish each other very blessed new year. Uh, Today we're very, very blessed to have uh, some of our communication uh, committee with us, specifically uh, Costa Nicolazakis, who is going to help us uh, understand and uh, hear from all of you some of your questions. And I think Costa has already.
1: Um, The first question that was submitted was is there any icon specific to the new year maybe one that we would see in the church or that we would see elsewhere there is an icon Um, i have a uh, two of them actually printed out in front of me one has christ in the middle and to the left and to the right of him are the um, uh, rabbis of the uh, synagogue and he is uh, reading from the old testament scripture and another one is uh, the same um, uh, icon. However, instead of sitting around, uh, Christ is standing, and around him are the um, rulers, uh, if you will, of the um, uh, of, of the synagogue. And Christ has the uh, scroll uh, open to the uh, passage of um, Isaiah.
0: And for the benefit of, of all of us, the actual reading for the day that describes the event of Christ entering the synagogue it comes to us from Luke chapter 4 verse 16 through 30. Brother Peter just described the icon of Christ reading the scroll of the prophet Isaiah in the synagogue in Nazareth and I'll read to you very briefly those events. And So Saint Luke says, He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's from the book of Isaiah that Christ read in the temple. And of course, it was a sign to all that he was indeed the Messiah. Some accepted, of course, as we know, and some did not. In those days early on, very, very few believed that Christ was to be the Messiah but the icon for this particular feast is Christ in the synagogue and the temple in the city of Nazareth. It is a, uh, there's a beautiful, beautiful church in the city of Nazareth today. Uh, and I believe that it is the only Orthodox church in the world. Some of you at St. George have had the opportunity to visit it. We were greeted warmly by of the city of Nazareth, the Greek Orthodox Metropolitan. The church there is dedicated not to a saint, but to the Feast of the Indiction, September 1st. And I believe it's the only Orthodox church in the world that is dedicated to this feast. I hope we answered that. Um, A second question.
1: Are there any special prayers that we can say tomorrow for our own selves as we continue or start a new year?
0: So there, there are prayers that, we, that fit very specifically into the, for the Feast of the Indiction. Um, I think we need to pray. Of course, we should be praying all the time. Having a prayer rule is vital. I think especially during these days, if we focus on our prayer life, the sacraments of the church, confession, communion. I think that we will endure all the stress that many of us feel that we're under, that we'll be less likely to, to get angry so easily. It'll help us to be more loving to one another. But tomorrow is, is a beautiful time to pray for the year Pray that God allows us to have a healthy, Happy year that means salvation, that God gives us uh, the wisdom to be more joined to His church, to be more affected by the feast, the feast days of the saints, the feast days of the peace of the church, and that we can better communion with Him Himself. It's also typical to have a Yasmos, just like we do on the first of every month or the first of January, it's also typical to have a church here, and together with the divine liturgy, we pray to have a very happy, healthy, and safe new year that leads to salvation. God's glory. One more question. Does the Holy Synod meet in... Constantinople for any special service or any special meetings around the beginning of the year? So the the Synod, the, the patriarchal Synod, Synod of the Ecumenical Patriarchy, does meet in Constantinople. for the, of the There is a beautiful liturgy with synodal meetings that follow. Not only the bishops, the hierarchs that are serving on the Synod are there. Many hierarchs come from different churches uh, Orthodox jurisdictions around the world. every I believe it's every seven years part of the part of the practice is gathering and celebration, I believe is also the making of Prism. Then it gets distributed throughout the world to Orthodox churches. Prismate someone who's entering the Orthodox Church either at baptism or at chrismation, wonderful celebration and we pray that during these times that uh, turmoil uh, Turkey Greece that the hierarchs that are there will be safe God will watch over